Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. Because they put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't think you need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 <laughs> charger. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safely. Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> no, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to remember Tesla. that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Talking Tesla 117, the holiday season. How are you today, Roberto? Standing in the middle of Hanukkah, I would say. I'm, I'm You're doing standing okay. in the middle of Hanukkah? You can't stand in the middle of Hanukkah. I mean, you can stand when it is the middle of Hanukkah, but there's no actual physical Hanukkah to stand in the middle of. That's true. It's not like a, a circle. Right. It's not, no. not like a crop circle or There's something. There's not a place that we go for Hanukkah. It's like, it's Hanukkah. Let's I, go. I don't think crop circles in Hanukkah ever had an intersection <laughs> before this moment on they, Talking Tesla. They probably still don't and shouldn't, but, uh, you know, that's an, uh, that's an aside. So it's me and you again. Again. Melvis is taking care of the things that he has to take care of. Absolutely. He's, he's knocking out Patreon after Patreon after Patreon for the people. Looking forward to more on that power wall. I'm kind yeah. of holding my breath. That's pretty exciting. I know. I'm, people. I want mine too. Yeah. But yours is a gift. That's, well. It, Thanks it, to our listeners. It is. It's a gift from the listeners. And I am interested to see the process as permitting and costs and all that other stuff. But before we get started, Robert, we have gotten a bunch, a dozen or more messages, notes, Twitters, Facebooks, Snapchats, whatever they are. Just kidding. We're not on Snapchat. And <laughs> because another, we're not, I know their social platform. Yeah, because we're not we're not the we're not those guys yet. I don't even actually know how to work Snapchat about the launch, which you claimed is Saturday, right? And I wah, discovered wah, wah. was not actually Saturday, but it's not really your fault because depending on where you are, it is Saturday. True, but not where the launch is. Right. If you're in England, where UTC time is, Universal time comes from right the uh-huh. Gre- it once was Greenwich Mean Time mm-hmm. that uh, it is takes place on Saturday but at like one in the morning okay but here uh-huh. it takes place at five twenty six on this coming Friday night launch nighttime well it is just after sunset now you're making me flip all the way down to the lower end of the notes yeah five twenty six a half hour after sunset at Vandenberg Air Force Base but because we are not in any cool group what's well, other true. than our own we're in our own cool group yeah. and we have so friends and insights we have no press access we can't go into vandenberg we can't watch it up close we don't need any of that stuff no to man. have a good time Robert. we're gorilla that's right man. we're gonna watch it from uh i'm actually put down some notes now at the beginning of the sheet <laughs> where i watched it from lumpak airport okay i put a dot on uh, the location where I stood, and there is a road. When you're going to Lompoc, which is a small town, kind of a farm town, it's a quaint area. It's not highly upscale. The food isn't great. There's a Mexican restaurant we went to, which maybe we'll hit. There goes all our Lompoc listeners. No, Lompoc's a beautiful place. I put a dot on the airport 
where I watched it from, which happens to be eight miles from Launch Complex 4. Okay. You can't get a whole lot closer than that. Maybe you can shave off three quarters of a mile. Mm-hmm. And and there are some other locations like a Walmart super center and there's an elementary school that looks like you could watch from. But this was the spot that a bunch of SpaceX people had chosen. So I went with it. All it's right. right near Skydive Santa Barbara. Sweet. And so I'll throw these. Uh, I don't know. I guess I, I guess I could tweet out this map. We will. We'll tweet yeah. out the map. But basically, we're going to be at the Lompoc Airport. Yes. Near Skydive Santa Barbara. So if That's you can right. find Skydive Santa Barbara and a whole bunch of Teslas and other uh, space nerds, Will be in that group. Space nerds. Probably Robert will be wearing a Tesla hat, a SpaceX shirt, Tesla running pants, and maybe potentially boring company underpants. But I'm not 100% sure if he's gotten there yet. I know yes. Elon sold like 78 million hats. Right. In fact, if you look at his, I think his Twitter handle now, it says hat salesman. It does. Yeah. Very. Yeah. That's adorable, by the way. That's adorable. I like it too. I think he's a cool guy. Maybe we should talk a little bit about some of the things that Elon's interested in. What do let's, you think? Let's do it, Robert. All right. I got to flip back. You know, this day, I don't know. I haven't had enough coffee, I don't think. That's that's super helpful, by and the we're way. We're going to talk about coffee, aren't we, Tom? Yeah, a little bit. We're going to talk about coffee for a little bit. We're going to talk about all kinds of things. I'm going to make one more news announcement. Of course. You're hear ye, hear ye. Oh, goodly. Like the town crier. Oh, yay. Oh, yay. Like the Supreme Court. Calling all talking Tesla listeners in the L.A. area. So I got this cool email Uh from the city of Culver City in which I'm a resident. Yeah. And it said tunneling company to present. I might have mentioned this on an earlier show, but now I have details as we're getting closer. Mm -hmm. And I'll remind you again on Monday. Get your pen out. Uh Hold to the side of the road or click on autopilot. Monday, January 8th. 2018 Uh at 7 p.m. at the Culver City City Council, the Boring Company is going to present on their plan to dig under the city of Culver City to begin phase one of an extensive transportation tunnel system. Now, we Mm. talked about the tunnel system last week. We did. It goes from like Long Beach to the San Fernando Valley Mm -hmm. with spurs out into the big high traffic areas of Los Angeles. Also, those spurs, I don't know if you knew this about them, they jingle, jangle, jangle. And it is the holiday (laughs) ho-ho season. And so I'm inviting Talking Tesla Nation, who are in the area, Uh to come Mm -hmm. and hear it straight from the horse's mouth. What are they going to say? You may, from listening to Talking Tesla, Mm -hmm. actually know more and have been exposed to more than they will present to the public at this meeting. But mainly, I would love to see people in there wearing SpaceX hats and other regalia that shows their... Boring company hats, maybe. Boring company hat. Although you'll look like a shill, maybe. (laughs) But uh, to to show your support, they also invite public comment. Uh, Typically, when you go into the chamber of the City Council, they'll have these little note cards and you can write on them and hand them and they bring them up to the front Uh and they kind of collate them and they allow you to come and talk. But they have a post comments on the city's website as well. Yeah. And uh, and it would be great. I'd love to meet lots of you guys. This is the beginning of the loop. And even if you don't support the boring company, you should come because this is what democracy is all about. True. Get your voice heard. Mm -hmm. Loving it. Loving it. So, again... Another reference to the elephant in the room. 
There's no elephant in this room. This is a silent elephant. <laughs> okay. It does have four wheels. Okay. And it has a hockey-shaped door handle. Oh, oh, you know what? I was really hoping we could go this entire show without discussing the the white whale as it were. Yeah, why? Because you're so so waiting for yours. I'm waiting for mine, but I feel terrible for you. And honestly, I wonder if you are the proverbial tip of the Tesla didn't know what the hell they were doing iceberg when mm. it comes to Model 3 owners, right? Of course, as your friend, as your co-host, I'm concerned about you and yes. you not getting your configuration. But as we know, across the nation on March 31st, 2016, yes. so many folks got up early, waited in line, some got to meet Elon. Oh, my God. That was a score for them. Right? Some got to meet Elon. But they all were under the impression yeah. that being in line sort of put them at the front of the line. Mattered. <laughs> right. <laughs> being in line mattered. Like, and like buying something, putting a grand down on something that you don't even know exists and, that doesn't, you don't even see. Right. And I believe we're here to report for the third week in a row. Yes. So three weeks since me and Mel received our configuration invites, still nothing from you, Robert. That's and true. I'm assuming you've logged into your account and you've looked and you've clicked on the little vehicle and nothing. No manage, no. You know, that could actually induce post-traumatic stress syndrome, <laughs> Tom. So you better back off. Right. And you're on sabbatical, so we want to be pretty nice. But so far, <laughs> but so far, nothing from Robert. And yeah, so nothing. we wonder. Although. Yeah. There was a bit of a, a bubbling cauldron, if you will, on uh -oh. the Tesla Motors Club forum. Okay. I just started. It's a little bit further down. But I caught this when I was going through looking for any stories of non-Tesla employees, non-Tesla special circumstance folks receiving their Model 3. Yeah. I know it's got to be happening, right? I heard of the first configuration mm -hmm. being November 23rd. Non-employee configuration? Correct. Okay. And, and maybe even November 21st. So if that then takes three to four weeks to deliver, today is the 18th. You'll mm -hmm. hear this on the 19th or the 20th. That means there should be cars popping into people's stockings, so to speak. <laughs> Zipping about. Yeah. And so I wanted to know about that. And I caught this little exchange on the Tesla Motors Club forum that said, web reservations given priority over line standers, question mark. What? And there a forum member noted that they had listened to our last episode, number 116. And there was a big back and forth. Well, do they all own Teslas? Back and forth. Did they actually stand in line? Where were they? Are they outside of California? Asking all these legitimate questions. So I threw down the actual history, the truth, as you will, in about five lines. And I haven't heard a whole lot of discussion after that. Uh -huh. But mm -hmm. I think the silence indicates that Tesla Nation is kind of stymied on this. Because they think they're stymied because they don't know whether or not it's more than an N of one as to whether or not line holders are getting reservations. Well, a number of line holders in that exchange said they got their reservation. Okay, so it's just you then. It is me. Interesting. And the fact that I'm in Los Angeles is interesting as well. Right. Double owner in I, Los Angeles, right. waited in line, double well, reservation holder. 
That's true. Double reservation holder. I have to say, though, at the time I was a single owner. Mm-hmm. I have since become a double owner. But still, you know, I, I don't know that there's too much of a doubt whether or not I'm supportive of the Tesla mission. I mean, if, if the three of us are any gauge, the third being Melvis, uh, you would probably be the most supportive, would be my guess. Well, you had Solar City before I had Solar City. That's correct. And so did Mel. So, you know, I don't know what cylinders <laughs> we're all firing on. And someone even went so far as to suggest that when uh, Tesla, mm-hmm. some for some reason, had to submit the list of buyers mm-hmm. to a government agency, I can't remember which one they had mentioned, that somehow maybe the list got corrupted. Oh, you're corrupt. I, I'm on the corrupted side of the list. So still nothing. We don't know whether or not that's anecdotal or not. So maybe that requires um, a Twitter poll, but it's going to be such a small a number of people who yeah. could theoretically answer yes or no. But Correct. maybe we'll give it a shot. Um, but I did find kind of a heart. Well, actually, a very heartwarming story. Well, what I was going to say is it's not all bad news coming out of Model 3 reservation holders. And really, obviously, it's not bad news because I'm getting mine. Mel's getting his. So it's bad news for you still. But in general, there was a heartwarming story and a shout out from us to Tesla superfan Club TMC Pioneer. Bonnie Norman. That's right. Bonnie caught this exchange on the forum by a fellow who at this point goes by Granitez or Granny Teds. And uh, he is a fellow unfortunately stricken with cancer. And, and this information has been sort of thrown out there and it is for public consumption. Yeah. I don't know his real name. Uh, nice looking guy, unfortunately carrying around an oxygen concentrator and he has late stage lung cancer and was uh, really wondering, quote, I'd love to see November deliveries. I have terminal stage four cancer and have been told I may only have three or four months to live. The last thing on my bucket list is our Model 3, and I would like to have a few days to experience and enjoy it. And so Bonnie caught hold of this. Bonnie um, has been in Tesla Nation, as you've said, like since the beginning. And uh, she's had a white model of, I think, pretty much every Tesla. Mm-hmm. She pulled some folks' ears at Tesla, who she has emails to, and they actually answer her emails. And in the end, wow. within like, I think it was two weeks, the delivery took place. And I think this was on the 13th. So we're reporting this five days after the fact. And it was also in electric. Or was it on Tesla? No, it was on electric. Or also known as electric. And there's pictures. A whole bunch of people showed up. And Granitez actually got a tour of the car from John McNeil, who is like the head of sales for the United States. And so this was a big deal. It was a really great story. You can follow it. I would go to the article, put it in the show notes. Yeah. Amazing. Very, very cool of Bonnie to pull some strings And get this gentleman his Model 3 so he could spend as much time with it as possible. Stephen Pace, who's one of our uh, listeners and follows me on Twitter, Mm -hmm. at R-R-O-S-E-N-B-L, sent me a number of messages. We went back and forth because he said, I've heard of – I know of a guy – here in Texas who's already gotten his Model 3. And I was like, what? How could Texas – Come before California. Not that California is better than Texas. No, 
that's what was stated by Tesla. They were going to deliver in California, mm-hmm. so it was close to the factory and service centers where they had already trained up people for Model 3. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was really weird. So we went back and forth, and he showed me proof, yes, that there is a fellow in Texas who took delivery, uh, but – and their name is not for publication. No publication. But mm-hmm. that individual had – a special relationship with Tesla. They had done like the referral program. And therefore, that is that, you know, they probably have an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement with Tesla for this early delivery. I don't know that that counts. So I'm still on the lookout for the first drop, if you will, <laughs> of Model 3s among the non-special Tesla. Well, people. they're out there. We just don't know about them, right? right? right I right. mean, we know they we know they're existing. People are driving around their cars who are non-employees. And it felt mm-hmm. a year ago yeah. like this would be unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's that unbelievable. A rather. year from last holiday season, mm-hmm. we would be seeing Model 3s. Unbelievable. Truly. Yeah. It's almost as unbelievable yeah. as considering that the ex-Top Gear host, Jeremy Clarkson, might utter a positive word about Tesla or electric cars. I don't know, man. That feels like it might be more unbelievable. Could be more unbelievable. But I did see with my own eyes, and, and I'm not here to, you know, promote no. the, I think it's called The Great Show. Great Show. Great Show. <laughs> uh, that's the new version of... Top Gear, which still exists, but just not with Clarkson and the other two mm. ride-alongs. They actually raced a Rimac, which is that Croatian supercar. We saw it at the E Grand Prix two years ago. This thing looked spectacular, and it's just packed with batteries and motors, and it's a million dollars, and it's got... I think over a thousand horsepower. And at the time, it would have blown anything away. Well, they put it on the first episode of the second season of um, the Grand Tour. The Grand Tour. And it just performed spectacularly and made them all just sort of stop and recognize that electric vehicles are the future. There are some. You know, limitations. If you race this thing, you're not going to be able to drive it as far as you could the Lamborghini that Clarkson drove. And it has to plug in in a very limited number of places. You can't fill it up everywhere. And they sure, you know, pushed that agenda a lot. But as far as performance goes, they were speechless. And it's a cool episode. Something kind of nasty happens at the end. I'd encourage you to watch it. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to spoil the conclusion. Oh, good for you. No spoiler alerts coming out of you. Another thing that we've gotten a lot of messages about over the last week was sort of inexpensive options. Again, the Model 3 as it comes out right now, right. very expensive vehicle, 50 $7,000, I believe, was the price of my configuration. Oh. So a 40, let's, I'm going to give the raw numbers for people because over the week, Honda in Southern California started to uh, advertise their new electric plug-in called the Clarity. Right. And it has all, 80 miles of range. The all electric, all electric version the of the all fuel cell version. car. Correct. And that car is currently for lease for 199 a month. So 217 kind of all in. 
which is okay. very inexpensive because a lot as of far people, as a lease goes, right? A lot of people are yeah for a lease. A lot of people are spending more than that on gas. So, could you give me a just an off the cuff idea if if yeah leasing a Model Three, the one that's available now, close to sixty grand. No, close to. Yeah, close yeah, to sixty. Close to sixty grand. Mm-hmm. How much would a lease payment on that be? Just roughly. Uh, don't know the answer to that question, but my guess is it would be, you know, in the six or seven hundred dollar range. So well, clarity is a third. Yeah, but so I wanted to give people some real world data. I am going to have a forty five thousand dollar car loan. That is the plan right now. So whatever the balance is will be the down payment. Right. That's you know after sales tax and not taking into account any of the federal or state tax credits, right? Because it's basically kind of a wash till I do my taxes. Right. And my payment will be $800 a month for five years, which is a considerable amount of money. More money than most people would want to pay for their car, uh, me included. Let's be honest with you. It's more than I want to pay for it. So, Again, what I what I do is I want to bring this up so it's an actual number. There are a lot of cars out there that you can buy that are electric that will get you where you need to go for a lot cheaper than a Tesla, right? True. A Bolt, a Volt, again, if you only have a certain amount of commute. So there are options. So you will save on fuel. You will run it on solar energy. Yeah. So that will take down a bit of the cost. It will, but right now I'm only comparing electric to electric, right? I gotcha. I'm not comparing ice to electric. I, obviously, the Volt has an engine backup and can take gas to give it um, a little more range, but the Bolt doesn't, right? You can go out and get a Bolt for just under $400 a month on the lease, I believe. The Clarity, because again, Honda's trying to get them out there. They're in doing California, it for 200 in California, right? That again, these are kind of very specific California use cases because Honda has, you know, rules. They want to sell their other gas cars and lower their fleet mileage. So there's a lot of factors that are involved in that $200 a month price. But even outside of California, my guess is you can get that car for around 400. You can get a bunch of plug-in cars that are available. You could buy the Fiat E. There's right. e-golfs. There are cars out there that are available that are going to be more inexpensive than the Tesla. So if you're listening to this show and you're like, I cannot buy a $60,000 car and a $35,000 Tesla is not out yet, A, and maybe you don't want to buy a Tesla without autopilot. Right. But – You know, again, I just wanted to make sure that we were very clear on that. And the only difference, obviously, is range, right? So the the Bolt, you're going to have approximately the same range as the small battery of the Model 3. It's a smaller form factor of a vehicle, a lot less technology, and no current hardware inside it for autopilot or otherwise. A lot of safety features, but it's a different vehicle. Right. Well— And none of the other cars have any of that, you know, capability potentially moving forward. No over-the-air updates, things like that. Yeah. Well, you know, it takes the focus to look into electric vehicles, especially the ones available in your area. And uh, like one of a good resource that I've looked at before is Forth Mobility, F-O-R-T-H mobility.org. That's by one of our friends up in the Portland area mm-hmm. where they actually have a showroom where you can go and test drive different electric cars if you have to 
you know, you want to get a feel for it. Yeah. But there's a lot of details on their website. There's many good websites for doing that research. But then remember, when you go to a dealer, you have to really steal yourself to hold on to your ideal and your plan to get an EV because it's just been documented over and over that car salesmen are not interested in selling you or leasing you an electric car. It's just too much work for them. And the dealer makes almost no money on service. And that's where dealers make all their money. It's not on the sale of the car. It's on the after sale service, et cetera. But what I will tell you about that specific thing in my experience of dealing with three or four dealers at this point in regards to electric cars, if you go in there as the knowledgeable person and you start talking about it, you can actually teach them, which will, of course, advance it for the next person that goes in, right? Every dealer that I've left, I've left with more information then I came, you know, then I walked into the room with him. So I think that's something that that we can also do as EV evangelists, as it were. That's cool. Well, all about driving electric because it makes the air cleaner yeah. and it reduces our need right. for expensive fuel sources. Right. So look at your use case and then make a decision based on what you can afford and do what you can do. There are a lot of good choices out there beyond Tesla. So be a good example. Yeah. Show your neighbors that you're going to drive electric. Mm-hmm. Sort of like what's happening in China. Oh, in China is amazing. There's an article in fastcompany.com in Shenzhen, China, which is a pretty big city. They have currently more buses than in New York and the other top five bus fleets in the United States combined. What? So New York, New Jersey, L.A., Chicago, and Kings County, Washington – more buses in Shenzhen than all of those cities combined. That's like all of Seattle. That's, you know why? You know why they have all those buses? Because it's the birthplace of? That's where all of our Apple tech comes from. Oh, in Shenzhen. It's all manufactured there. Nice. So th- by the end of 2017, that's this year in like 14 days. What? 12 days maybe from the time you're listening to this. Or last year if you're catching up. Right, exactly. <laughs> the entire city of 16,000 buses will have shifted to electric. That's unbelievable. That's amazing. And we're not talking like the overhead trolley lines electric. We're talking battery electric. We can go wherever the heck we want. What an amazing deal. That that's that's I I'm it's not good. This is a this is a podcast and oh, I'm speechless. Amazing. Yeah. And no, I'm speechless. That's true. So Because we were just talking about mm-hmm. postal trucks. Yeah. United States postal trucks. Mm-hmm. They're 20-year-old fleet, and they're looking to replace like 6,800 postal trucks. And they're going through this whole process and talking, and it might be workhorse with a a generator backup electric vehicle Mm -hmm. that plugs in, but this is like more than twice as many vehicles, and they're done. Yeah, they should use buses to deliver the mail, is what we're saying, I guess, maybe. So... This has been driven by the national and local government, which has offered subsidies that bring the high cost of electric buses in line with regular buses. And the cost of those buses are, again, dropping because of the cost of lithium-ion batteries. It's pretty amazing. Shenzhen's electric bus manufacturer, BYD, which stands for Build Your Dreams. Yeah, didn't know that. They're here. They're That's also here cool. in, yeah. uh, in Palmdale-Lancaster area. Nice. Building up for our country's right. electric buses. It's, it's, uh, they're one of the largest battery manufacturers in the world, and they sell vehicles in 50 countries. In 2016, Robert, yeah. 2016, that was last year. Not this one. Amazing. That's about to end. They surpassed Tesla. 
to become the world's largest electric vehicle manufacturer. And in Shenzhen, they made 80% of these buses. Wow. That's a big share of the market. That's a lot of batteries. And and just to give you a little bit of historical data, in 2015, there were 3,600 electric buses on city streets. And by 2016, 9,000. And right now, 15,000. So they are just moving very, very rapidly. The remaining 1,000, like we said, will be in use by the end of the month. And in the U.S., Robert, we have 65,000 buses. And they're all electric? No. Oh. 300 of them are, though. Oh, that's underwhelming. That's a lot less. <laughs> in case that's, you were wondering. That's less by more than an order of magnitude. Right, right, right. That's many <laughs> orders of magnitude less. Now, people will say, oh, but they're using coal to fire their buses. They got a lot of hydroelectric in China as well. They got a, a lot of solar happening as ton well. Ton of solar. Ton of solar. Yeah. Wow, Mel's not here, and we're just all cursy. Oh, because they're eclipsing us. Yeah. They are totally eclipsing us, I think. Mm-hmm. We should check. I wonder how many Patreon subscribers we have right now. Because yeah. if we could increase the number of Patreon subscribers buy, our own bus? by an order of magnitude, uh-huh. we could take a flight over uh-huh. to Shenzhen and uh-huh. check in with the riders of these electric buses. Uh-huh. What do you think? Do you miss... Mr. Lee, do you miss the smell of the That's uh, not a real question to ask a do person. You, do you miss the sound? Again, not because a real question. on your Apple mm-hmm. device, which you built, thank you, uh-huh. you can listen without having your music interrupted or your... More importantly, 10 years ago in Shenzhen, More important. half of the days were shrouded in smog. <laughs> By 2016, when they had these 9,000... 000- Buses on the road. Robert's doing some live sound design there. That's impressive. The number of hazy days had dropped to 27. So this is having an impact on people's lives, the way the city looks, the children walking the streets, playing with their balls and soccer and all that stuff. Another question we could be asking, Mr. Lee. Another question. Okay. They're supposed to reduce CO2 emissions by 48%. Wow. And did you think... That Shenzhen is stopping at just buses? Other people, you take other modes of transportation. Like skateboards? By the magical year of 2020, Robert, all of Shenzhen's taxis will also be electric. Wow. Along with a lot more cars and trucks. So Shenzhen is is becoming the city on the hill in a lot of ways when it comes to electric transportation. That's pretty sweet. I mean, this sounds sort of like almost like a Tesla play from the playbook where Tesla is putting out the Model mm-hmm. 3 within California, right, close to the vest. Yeah. And then they're going to start spreading outward right. to the world. Uh-huh. I can only expect the same from Shenzhen, China, being a sort of like point at which the ripple in the lake starts to spread out. Where the pebble has been tossed, as exactly. it were. Or so giant boulder another city on the hill in our lovely golden state of california san francisco municipal which currently has the largest trolley bus fleet and when i say trolley bus fleet do you understand what i'm saying robert well having lived in san francisco and knowing the muni Uh as it is locally referred to Mm -hmm. i know it intimately because i 
I rode and used the Muni for four years. Right, but the big difference is these buses have overhead electric cables, That's right? Correct. Instead of just a battery. But did you know that they actually do have a little battery inside for when they have to transfer from line to line? I didn't. They do. There's a tiny. They have. They can go a few blocks. Oh wow! To switch from one cable line to another cable line if they have to. Then I wonder why. As you're on your commute mm-hmm. and you're just about to get there on time and you have a test <laughs> at medical school, the driver does a bit too, uh, how would I say, radical a turn around a corner. Mm-hmm. And the, there are these two uh, sort of, I don't sticks. I'll just say sticks. Okay. They, sh- they stick out of the top of the truck and they, they sort of like ride along these two wires that are strung above on the road. One of the sticks pops off. The wire, and it's just kind of bouncing there, and the the truck goes, and your bus stops. Now the driver has to get out, Mm -hmm. be careful because of traffic, use some long, like a pole with a hook on the end and not electrocute himself, Mm -hmm. but get the stick back on. And somebody's going to tell me what the stick is called, I'm Uh sure. Of course they are. uh, And get it back on the wire so the bus can run. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I I guess maybe the battery wasn't working on the bus that I was on that one fateful day, but I was late to my test. So in San Francisco, there are 300 of these electric trolley buses, not electric buses. They're electric, but they're not electric battery EV plug-in But they buses. are powered by electricity. But they are powered yeah. by electricity and almost entirely pollution-free since most of their electric power comes from the city's hydroelectric Hetch Hetchy water and power system. Right. Which is cool. Which is the reason the Sierra Club exists. Yeah. Because, yeah, they took a beautiful canyon that looked like Yosemite. I've been there a couple of times and they built a huge dam Mm -hmm. and they filled it with water and we no longer see a bunch of this beautiful valley. But San Francisco does have a cheap source of electrical power. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's always a bright side and a dark side to every story. (laughs) I think this is great, though, because moving us with these very smelly, uh, very pollution-intensive buses and transportation systems to renewable makes total sense uh-huh. from a maintenance standpoint, yeah. from a cost-to-run standpoint. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking forward to this happening, like like we said, like the, the pebble hits the water and the waves just spread out. The waves are spreading, and there's some news out of Tesla Semi. Right. Well, I kind of let this slip last week mm. and didn't really kind of expect bound on it. You know expounding by no, you, Robert. No, but, but our friends at Electric have reported that indeed Pepsi's purchase of the Tesla Semi is the largest to date. 100 vehicles. That's a lot of trucks. It That's is. That's a lot of Pepsi. That pushes us, you know, well over 300. Yeah. Maybe we're close to 400. I'd like to try and keep track of this, but, you know, once you get up to 400, when will Pepsi actually get their semi? <laughs> 2020? I don't know. It depends on if they were uh, first... Uh... First in line. So I have an email I want to share. Please. We're hitting the autonomous driving Mm -hmm. section of the show. Yeah. And you might remember that back at the end of October, I was driving on the Pacific Coast Highway and my autopilot veered me into the center, you know, like the part you're not supposed to be in. Because if you go a little further, you meet head to head Mm -hmm. with the other 
pass, you know, the other people driving on the highway. It made an oopsie. It made an oopsie. And it went thun, 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 thun <laughs> with my mirror against the center divider sort of plastic uh, stanchions, which, which you might bollards. What, I'm not sure what to call I don't them. Know. It's okay. And so I was upset. Mainly because it scared the crap out of me. Yeah, no, that's right. It put a black smudge on my mirror, which I was able to kind of rub off because I had a nice, you know, that that uh, plastic sheet coating on the car. Tesla should be responsible for that if it was in auto. I was expecting them to say, come on down and we'll give it a little rub for you. But uh, they did send me an email. It took them three and plus weeks, but they said, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you as well. We appreciate your email and apologize for the delay in response to your concern. As of yet, our team is still reviewing and will contact you as soon as we have an update. Please visit our support page, blah, blah, blah. So this was from a service support specialist up in Fremont, Christina. I haven't yet heard anything more, and we are almost another month out. I did mention, however, that I was the co-host on a podcast, and people might be interested in what they're (laughs) doing about this. Still nothing. No. When I have my back and forth with Tesla, I try to not drop the name of this show because I feel uh, like no one cares. Right. Well, I don't know. I feel a responsibility to be able to sort of express the will of the nation, if you uh-huh. will, because I feel kind of like we are at, at a bit of a, like the funnel. I'll use the funnel example, mm-hmm. not the toilet bowl example, Thank you. but the funnel example. Mm-hmm. We're at the, the part of the funnel where the information gathers. Mm-hmm. And if we can kind of relate stories from our listeners mm-hmm. and the thought process and the feelings of our listeners to Tesla, maybe we can help them to be a better company. Oh, that's that's so adorable in this holiday season, Robert. But Tesla's not the only one doing great things with autopilot, mm. arguably. <laughs> I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that question this next article as to whether or not it's great and what its long-term implications are. Oh, I thought you were going to say people were going to question the statement that Tesla's doing great thing with autopilot after I revealed my recent yeah. events. Well, I yeah. mean, you know, they're doing as good a job as they possibly can given the resource limitations they currently have. Right. Maybe. Well, so in Engadget, I found this great story with a YouTube clip that goes with it. It turns out that Aurora Sciences Applied, which uh, is an organization that has a um, contract with the Marines, have taken a Marine helicopter and without seemingly a lot of modification, have been able to hook it up with a, quote, AACUS. Akis. Akis. Autonomous Aerial Cargo Utility System. So basically, this UH-1H helicopter can be flown from an iPad. So like a drone, except not a fixed wing, a rotary wing aircraft. That's right. And And what are they doing with this lovely aircraft? So this was done so that they could drop supplies in a war zone without putting a crew in the helicopter at risk of getting shot down. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't say they were at all inspired by Cyberdyne. They didn't say that. No, but... They could drop Terminators wherever they want is what you're saying. Right. Or they could (laughs) load it with a lot of explosives or they Uh could put it on a gunship, etc. Yeah. It does bode kind of 
some concern. Mm -hmm. Although, if I was a Marine and, God forbid, caught behind enemy lines or Mm -hmm. in a place where I needed supplies for something— I'd want them. And the command says, wow, it's way too dangerous for us to send a helicopter to you right now. Mm -hmm. Or— if I was the guy who was supposed to fly or ride on the helicopter mm-hmm. through the dangerous zone to help those guys, yeah. you know, this does help. It does help save lives, potentially. So I said something earlier at the beginning of this about the drones, right? And this is yeah. not a drone system, right? This is a, hey, helicopter, go here. Right, with LIDAR. It's not and, somebody flying it remotely. Well, it it's able to autonomously move. In other words, it can avoid obstacles on its own. Okay. But you direct it, or you, I, I they direct it from an iPad uh-huh. where to go, sort of a rough route. But if it had to find its way through, like, trees mm-hmm. with debris or on an uneven surface and stuff, it, I think— An unearth- my, uneven sky surface? No, like, if you're going <laughs> to land the helicopter, you need to land it on uh-huh. a fairly flat area. Right. Yeah, it can detect these things using right. its radar systems. So what you say the iPad is the people on the ground who are calling in the supply mission pinpoint their location using the iPad— or any other GPS kind of system, and the helicopter lifts off and flies towards them. It's not like there's somebody in Pomona in a dark room flying that helicopter remotely, which is how the drone program works, which is what I just wanted to sort of It's a more hands-on system right now, but who knows where this is going? We both know where it's going. It's the military. I just hope that the folks who help to keep us safe in the military act responsibly. Yes. Yeah. All right. The next story is about solar. And we have this excitement about electric vehicles and solar here and there and the other thing. And what is happening from this Ars Technica story that utility solar installation is falling and they're blaming Tesla? Yeah. You know, we've had a lot of solar put on homes and businesses in the United States. Australia may even have eclipsed us. I like using that in the solar friend, solar sense. (laughs) Wow. China, definitely lots of solar there. But in the United States, it's been very patchy. And recently, the amount of solar that's been installed in the United States has fallen off a lot. How much, Robert? Like uh, 25% of the national residential solar panel installations uh, compared to 2016. And they're at their lowest level since 2015. That's right. They say that, and this is a report from GTM Research in Ars Technica, they're blaming Tesla <gasps> because the long and the short of the story go like this. Tesla uh, acquired Solar City. That was true in in the one year ago framework that uh-huh. it took a while to acquire them yeah solar city was doing a lot they were at home depot and at lowe's going door to door they were going door to door they were sending out emails and stuff in fact they settled a class action lawsuit because they used a marketing firm that evidently used lists that weren't sanctioned it cost them like 15 million dollars mm-hmm. but solar city was pretty aggressive and they offered this really interesting program whereby you didn't have to buy the solar system you just bought the energy so they could say look your power bill every month is a hundred and let's say two hundred dollars yeah and we can make electricity on your roof for 
$160 with our sort of profit built in and the federal incentives and any local incentives. And so they could save you a significant amount of money, anywhere, I don't know, 20 to 40% of your electric bill. So people were just signing up. They were signing these 20-year agreements mm-hmm. or 25-year agreements to buy the power. I'll give Solar City every month a check or a credit card that says, you know, here's my power bill here. I'm paying it to you. But Solar City is basically just taking that money and putting it towards the cost of the installation of the system. And at the end of the year, you literally had such a small power bill that was probably just related to staying hooked up to the system and using the net metering. Mm-hmm. Long story short, they stopped doing that. What? Solar City wanted to focus, or now Tesla Energy, wanted to focus on more profitable solar projects, which meant selling them. So instead of a 25-year agreement for what I just said, you would actually pay like $16,000, take out your own loan, like a homeowner's loan or something like that. Solar City would end up, Tesla Energy would end up with the money in hand without having to go through these financing steps. Right. So their Q3 solar installations were off 42% from the previous year. But their cash sales were up 31% from 9% a year ago. So right. 31% of the lesser amount of sales were were more of those full paid cash sales. Right. And in 2016, Tesla accounted for 25% of all national residential solar panel installation. And this year, it's only about 14%, which has given an opening to Companies like Sunrun, who expect to see their installations rise by 15% this year. So it's a give and take, but overall, generally, uh, it's down. It is down. And we also have this other uh, small factor in that uh, the United States Congress passed legislation Mm -hmm. that would put tariffs on the, quote, cheap Chinese solar panels, which... Uh, inexpensive. Inexpensive, sorry. And that does help Tesla energy because Tesla's ramping up in Buffalo to build a lot of cells. They're also doing uh, yeah. cells from Japan, the Panasonics. Mm-hmm. And so there's a shakeout going on in the industry. Uh, by all means, if you're interested in solar, you can still do it. You can still save money. Uh, in most parts of the United States, maybe not West Virginia, where like the cost per kilowatt hour, I think, was like six cents, which is really low. And this also includes, to a certain extent, utility-based solar installations also being down a little bit as it pertains to Tesla. But again, we'll keep an eye on this. We'll see how it goes next year. Maybe they have a little something up their sleeve. Obviously, Tesla's been a tiny bit distracted in general trying to get uh, the Model 3s out and make all the batteries that are needed for that. So we'll keep an eye on it. No reason to panic yet, but something to think about. Robert, we have reached a very, very popular time in this show. Yes. That is the Robert Rosenblum Supercharger update. I am going to go and have a sandwich and a cup of coffee while you go through this very extensive supercharger report. What kind of sandwich are you going to have? I don't know. I'm not leaving. I'm just kidding. What, what kind of sandwich would you have? Uh, you know, probably peanut butter and honey this time of day. Oh, that's good. Because it's early. I, I've been taking some honey lately. It's good for allergies, I'm learning. Yeah. If you get locally produced honey from mm-hmm. bees in your neighborhood oh. or in your region, then the pollens they collect huh. in that honey will help you with allergies. That's like free doctor tip from you, Robert. It is. And you know what? Mm-hmm. tastes so good. It's good, yeah. So, Supercharger, this is 
a Supercharger Plus week. Supercharger Plus week? Well, last week, you helped me to try and figure out how the heck do we name these really big superchargers, the ones with like 40 or 50 stalls? Oh, right. We can't and call you, them mega chargers. No, we can't call them. Mm. Mega, and Uber chargers, that doesn't work either. No, we can't call them that. No. Nor lift chargers, but that wouldn't make any sense None whatsoever. Yeah. So Supercharger Plus, which is a nice pull from Apple. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it worked for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have a Supercharger Plus on the list this week, but I have an unbelievably wonderful 22 open superchargers this week. That's impressive. That's a lot. That is a lot. Nine in the United States, Woo-hoo. five in China, two in Switzerland, plus Korea, Australia, Austria, France, Netherlands, and Norway. Norway. So this includes the Wilcox Arizona Supercharger, which we've been watching. In fact, uh, we're when, watching you, Arizona. That's right. Andy, the president of Southern Arizona Tesla Owners Club and I were talking back and forth some weeks ago about this supercharger because this is one of the last pearls in the necklace that is the I. 10 string of superchargers. And if you think about it, uh-huh. I-10, yeah. it's the mega big super highway that links the southern strip of the United States. It's mm-hmm. very heavily traveled. Yeah. And now there are only two more spots at which you would need a supercharger to make a trip from Los Angeles to Florida. I think it ends in Florida. So right now you can't make that trip? Is that what you're saying? Well, you have to do some drive-arounds, like some oh, okay. serious detours through if you don't have a uh, like a 100D Tesla to make it through these empty spots. Or like, possibly a Model 3 with 310 miles of range. I'm not sure. I didn't scope out the miles, but I believe the problem exists in Fort Stockton, Texas. Ah, Fort Stockton. That supercharger has been over a year, 382 days in a permit status. Come on, Fort Stockton. Let's get it done. Dudes, what the heck is going on in Fort Stockton? The other one is in San Antonio, Texas. Let's call it San Antone. In San Antonio, it's been 48 days in permit, which isn't out of the range. No, that's pretty good. And I think San Antonio's uh, kind of a forward, developed kind of city. I think they're all forward and developed cities. I mean, we got one in Laredo, Texas. Let's not diss our southern brothers and sisters, Robert. No. And so I would love to see those two done so that I can go drive to a, uh, you know, Falcon launch in Florida. Are you going to drive? Is that your plan? No. That would be that would be like a deep vein in thrombosis inducing (laughs) drive. That'd be a huge drive. That's a long way to go. So there's another open. uh, I'm sorry, that was it for the open. Not 22 open. Uh That's pretty sweet. That's a lot. Construction. We have seven that have entered construction. Mm -hmm. Which, given the fact we're in the Thanksgiving mega holiday season, Uh we're past Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. we're in that that the interim interim Mm -hmm. seven under construction. That's Exciting. Yeah. Three in the United States, two in Hungary, Sweden, and Nippon or Japan. <laughs> this includes the San Felipe, California where, supercharger. Where is that, Robert? You know, when I saw San Felipe, I thought of this great little town in Baja, California. I love San Felipe. I know. I've been there several times. It's it it's wonderful. I yeah. love it, but it isn't. And in fact, this is the supercharger that I actually scoped out on my drive back from San Francisco in April when I first got my Tesla Gen 4 Mm -hmm. at Casa de Fruta. Ah, the house of fruit. 
Yes, and that is uh, when you're driving from the South Bay of the San Francisco Bay to I-5, it's right along one of the main linkage highways, and it's a big tourist stop. They are just about to open a large, I think it was 20-stall supercharger, and uh, that's really exciting because it's a really nice place to stop. Permits were down. We only have one newly entering permit permit status. But again, this is the that time between holidays. But this one is in Old Lyme, Connecticut, Uh famous for the 1975 discovery of Lyme disease. What do you not want to be famous for if you're a city? A disease that causes joint inflammation, flu-like symptoms, and a rash that's really quite ugly. Right. So it was called Old Lyme. And then some bonehead <laughs> discovered Lyme disease in the area, maybe? I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, no, they discovered it. And, and they they're thought, like, you know what? Let's name it after this town that we all hate. What the hell is wrong with people? That's not cool. Yeah, well, they didn't call it old Lyme disease, at least. They called Thank it goodness. Lyme disease. And it actually affects like 300,000 people a year in the United mm-hmm. States and 6,500 people a year in Europe, which I didn't know. And this is a tick born bacterial infection. Yeah. It's uh, it's a very interesting thing. I threw a picture of sort of some of the hallmark signs and information here. Bottom line is, if you get a tick bite and you're in an area with a lot of Lyme disease, mm-hmm. you should go see a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. And get some antibiotics. And if it's in old Lyme, say, can we change the name of this thing? Yeah. Well, if you're cool. in old Lyme, uh, don't go romping around in the grass uh, without your legs covered. I would change the name of my city if I lived in Lyme, old that's, Lyme. That's true. I found an interesting uh, piece from James Reach from the Ventura County Tesla Owners Club. Shout out to Ventura, which is still being ravaged by the Thomas Fire, which I think is on track to become the largest forest fire in California history. Wildfire. It's not a forest fire. Technically, it's a wildfire because it's everywhere. It's not just in a forest. And so really horrible events still going on. Lots of friends affected. Shout out to them. But James found that in Norfolk, Virginia, the city council has approved with a unanimous vote Tesla's offering to donate the city one hundred destination chargers. How would you like to have been the guy that voted against that, though? Okay, so, hey, hey, Norfolk, this is Tesla calling. Um, We want to give you a hundred free destination chargers. Are you cool with that? No. No. (laughs) Like, uh, no, you don't want to be that guy. Yeah, so they're going to spread these destination chargers over 10 municipal parking lots. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're also going to install some chargers for non-Tesla cars. Uh, The city council approved ordinance, uh, he put a link in there. I was just wondering, though, why? Why? Why, Why, Robert? Why Norfolk, Virginia? Let's speculate for a moment. We don't do that on this show. (laughs) Come on, Tom. Let's just give our opinions and what, see why. Do you think Tesla has something planned for Norfolk or for Virginia? I mean, there are a lot of governmental agencies in there the are. in that area of the Americas, of the worlds. There's uh, Has there been like explosive sales in Virginia, I wonder? Did some government agency order a whole lot of Model 3s that we don't know about? Are they like 100,000 of the 400,000 reservations? wonder if they are like converting a bunch of Model Xs to be postal trucks. That would be very expensive. That would be very expensive. Yeah. We've got your mail for you, but only if you pay with an extra 75 stamps. Although they could like, <laughs> they could trailer, you know, they could add a trailer to the back of an X to carry all the extra mail. It has yeah. towing capacity that's true maybe santa ordered it ho ho 
So I don't know. I've seen Tesla donating these destination chargers Mm -hmm. to bed and breakfasts and and other like sort of like boutique hotels where you can find them all on the Tesla website. Mm -hmm. But I wonder why Norfolk, Virginia? I've not heard of this in other cities. Maybe listeners have this Mm -hmm. experience in other cities. I'd love to hear more about this. This this gets me thinking, like thinking outside the planet out yeah. it's got me my my mind is going to space oh, you are like a Segway machine today <laughs> so just in case you missed it there was another missed what amazing launch and landing this week in the world of SpaceX wonderful twice delayed but they were being careful they found a little like schmutz in the stage two schmutz. Uh, yeah, fuel system. Schmutz. Yeah, it's, it's a schmutz. schmutz. It's a they schmutz said particles. Already. I mean, yeah. particles can be schmutz. Uh, schmutzy particles. So there was another boring launch. They're not, it's a, bo- there's a boring company, but not a boring launch. The, yeah. the launches are, are extreme. There was another extreme launch. In fact, I tweeted out this link to a woman who seems to have photographed or videotaped the launch from like her her front lawn. Wouldn't that be cool? Or her driveway. Wouldn't that be cool? And I happened to have the base uh, turned up and I, li- I watched this and there was this unbelievable rumble. So would it? I felt it to my spine. Would that still be awesome? I don't know if you live close enough that you had to deal with every launch out of Canaveral. I guess it would get routine. Yeah. You'd be like, you'd like have to make sure you had everything taped down in your, on your shelves. I remember when they were landing the space shuttle at uh, Edwards Air Force Base here in California. A big boom. There would be an enormous like boom, exactly. Sonic boom. And like I would run outside or I would be (laughs) outside. And after, I don't know, the fifth one, I was like, oh yeah, that was that space space shuttle. shuttle. Space shuttle's back. Can somebody get me my eggs? So the cool thing or the coolest thing the of this launch of the cool wasn't that they reused a falcon first stage booster it Although wasn't that was cool for the second time it wasn't that they reused a dragon uh cargo capsule for it the wasn't that first time no it was that this was their first launch mm-hmm. from space launch complex 40 which is the one they blew up a little like a <laughs> year and a half up. ago they blew it up but they've redone it they okay. fixed it up and Mm-hmm. The also the other cool trivia, mm-hmm. which you get here on Talking Tesla, yeah. is that it's not called Space Launch Complex 40 or SLC 40. They call it Slick 40. I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. But I thought it was cool that they, they, have, a, they have a nickname for it. Yeah. There's lots of nicknames for space stuff. Yeah, you know, why not? So Slick 40 is notable mm-hmm. for having a new lockdown mechanism. Oh, that's exciting. New flame diverters. Oh, yeah. And this strong back. It's a new strong back. That can lift the rocket in one fell swoop. Which is pretty cool to see, actually. They bring it in on a truck and they attach it to the strong back. And then the strong back goes, bink, and brings it up. Yeah. Vertical. And it does it faster. So this is mm-hmm. uh, part of the SpaceX plan for rapid turnaround. Mm-hmm. And that was a, a major improvement to Slick 40. Yep. So they filled the Dragon capsule with all kind of food and science experiments. That's right. Including mm-hmm. uh, there were space debris sensor mm-hmm. that went up and a solar radiation sensor. Those were in the trunk. Yeah. And also some mice and this little thing. Yeah. 
I watched a little video on all the science experiments, and one of them was they're gonna le- they're gonna be manufacturing fiber optic cable Ooh. in space, which apparently the crystallization formation when they're making fiber optic cable in a zero gravity situation is a much much higher quality cable. So wow, maybe that'll mean that I'll get better internet connection. That's what it'll be. Yeah. Because when I was trying to watch the launch, I mm-hmm. couldn't believe. I was like at one megabit per second or less mm-hmm. when normally I'm up closer to 70. That was so painful. A lot of space people I was watching. starting to tweet and people were tweeting back to me, dude, it's already landed. <laughs> <laughs> they've already, they've already, you know, oh, that's I was like, what? I, I couldn't see it until later, but that's exciting news. Yeah, that's, and it was cool. Cool to watch. I already made uh, a correction. We've already talked about when the next launch will be mm-hmm. on December 22nd mm-hmm. at 5.26 p.m. You can come out and join us. That, again, is going to be the fourth Iridium uh, launch with 10 satellites. And this is for the satellite phone slash data service. Uh, and Iridium is like the more premier of those. And this is just going to improve that. Although yeah. I'm a little bit concerned. It's a half hour after sunset mm-hmm. and it's also downwind from, well, not exactly downwind, but west of this Thomas fire. Yeah. And whether or not that Thomas fire may impact you, Tom, and my ability to get to the launch or see the launch is a little concerning. Or maybe even impact the launch, depending on what the visibility uh, requires. But again, a lot of firefighters out there trying to save homes, trying to keep this thing from spreading too far. Here's a really quick one. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can watch Blue Origin's new Shepard Mm 2.0 spacecraft in its first test flight. This is sort of another space tourism Mm -hmm. rocket. And this is by Jeff Bezos and the Amazon Group. And uh, it's a a reasonably good video. Uh, It's more of a press release. They don't talk about how much us non-astronauts would have to pay to go up and, quote, touch space. I think it's part of my Prime membership. I'm not going to lie. Like there's Amazon, there's Amazon Mm, Prime. Right. There's Amazon Fresh. There's Amazon Now. And then this will be Amazon Space. And, you know, if you get a hundred thousand other people to sign up for Amazon Prime. Ooh. Maybe you'll get a discount oh, a on a seat. Program. There you but go. Isn't everybody already a member of Amazon Prime? It seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, their stock's doing pretty good. Yeah. I wonder how Tesla's stock is doing. Let's find out. Hey Google, what's Tesla's stock this morning? As of twelve eleven PM Eastern Standard Time today, Tesla shares are trading at three hundred forty one dollars and sixty nine cents a share on Nasdaq, down zero point five one percent from last Friday. Still going strong all this year, despite all of the naysayers. Naysayers. It's going stronger than the Tesla parking lot, I can tell you that. <laughs> well, I mean, the Tesla parking lot is just sitting there, Robert. That's true. But we depend or we are entertained <laughs> by the interesting <laughs> photographs that are placed on the Tesla parking lot Instagram uh-huh. page. And yeah. I have to say I have been exceedingly underwhelmed. There are no more boots and booze. Yeah. Tesla's like, you can bring this thing back, but you guys got to mellow out. You got to settle down. They started patrolling the parking lot a little better. Plus, maybe people are just too busy building Model 3s to be out in the parking lot drinking. Yeah, maybe they're not drinking as much booze as they are caffeine. If I had to guess, though, all those old pictures that we saw of booze in the Tesla parking lot were not from Tesla employees. They Mm. were from neighborhood folks using the parking lot as party central. Hmm. Like, 
Because, you know, you could, you could drive in there, go to the corner, wave, pretend you're going to the supercharger, and then just go in the corner and drink. That lot is really packed with cars, so even driving in there might be challenging. If you're driving in and you're not in a Tesla, I think they might even stop you because only really Tesla public can go there for the supercharger. And there was even talk of them uh, stopping that and pointing people to other superchargers. But they got all them superchargers in the back and all them superchargers in the front, man. That ain't yeah. cool. And there's a lot of Model 3s out there. People keep doing drive throughs of how many Model 3s there are. And I was saying, maybe they're drinking more coffee. Do you want to talk about coffee? Let's talk about coffee, Robert. Do I want to talk about coffee in a show about electric vehicles? No, but we're going to talk about coffee because coffee's good for you. Coffee is good for you. Uh-huh. It's not good for the planet, but it's good for you. Isn't that what we discovered? Well, you know, anything that you can make money off of can become bad for the planet. <laughs> that is, I think, a takeaway lesson. All right. But it does turn out that there was a coffee article what? from PubMed. What? This is uh, a, something no one on the show will have access to. No, you can actually look this up. It's in the public uh public space because oh, okay. it is uh, so breakthrough from the British Medical Journal wow. that coffee consumption uh, basically is good for you. They did an umbrella review of mega analyses, mm-hmm. which if you're not a doctor or a scientist, you're probably not aware of. But this is like a, a big conglomeration look at studies that are themselves conglomeration looks at other studies. And they, the bottom line found that if you consume three to four cups of coffee a day. And I do. Yeah, that's a lot of coffee that you can live longer, have less heart disease, brain disease, kidney disease, liver disease. I'm not endorsing that you should drink a ton of coffee. But if somebody tells you you drink too much coffee and you only drink three or four cups a day, yeah, you're probably OK. As long as you're not putting 17 teaspoons of sugar and a half a gallon of heavy cream in each of those three to four cups, then you're probably all right. Yeah, I don't think they controlled for all those factors. So yeah. it's, it's you know, these meta-analyses are a little bit uh, dirty in some respects. But these folks dirty. from England and Scotland are getting a lot of press. And I figured since you, Tom— Love the coffee. Love the coffee. This would be a, this would be a bit of a, an article that would be up your alley. I don't put sugar in my coffee, though. A little bit of milk. Yeah. I'm good to go. Ah. It's time— it's time, Robert. It's that time of the show, not when we leave and say goodbye till next week, but when we read your letters. And the first letter comes from Cap Taylor. Tesla semi-cost and Roadster. Everyone needs new toys. I could use a new toy. Yeah, so could Pepsi. A hundred. <laughs> so he was saying that uh, so far, Talking Tesla is the only podcast or web blog looking at the semi and the Roadster in mostly the right way. Look at us. We're doing the right thing. It's because we talk about them being small-scale products, not going to have this massive impact on Tesla's ability to manufacture things because they're going to be sort of handmade. Yeah. I think we're going to continue to look that way. He's got some calculations in here about how you can take the already existent elements of Model 3 and drop them into Roadster, drop them into Semi, and Tesla basically using the pre-existing or the the infrastructure that they are creating to create more products in this sort of Lego fashion where you can drop, you know, the 
six brick with a bunch of four bricks. You already had them from the last kit. We just have to shift them around and make the colors different. I like it. A lot of engineering going on in that Model 3 power pack. Going to be the pack to end all packs, Robert. The next letter confused the living daylights Is out of me. Is it because it's from Wom Tolfson? Yeah, I said, oh, it's Tom Wolf. Wait. No, it's Wom Tolfson. Yeah. And it's a. it starts with an emoticon that is sighing, Robert. <gasps> Why? What's wrong with it? What did we do, Robert? Again. <laughs> what did you do? A battery is a battery is a yeah. battery. And I apologized last week. <laughs> I understand a 9-volt battery is a bunch of 1.5-volt uh-huh. batteries. Yeah. I understand the electrics of it. But mm-hmm. for some reason, when I look at that 2170 cell, uh-huh. I think that's a battery. Uh-huh. And that a power wall is a ton of those batteries. And it's just a battery. Though. Australia uh-huh. is a f- ton of oh those my batteries. God. You can't say that on the show, Robert. <laughs> it's anarchy. It's absolute anarchy. Well, but people come to miss our references <laughs> to the metric and the... To your anarchy? The British royal Yeah, ton. no, I get it. And then uh, also WOM, if that is your name, <laughs> says that Tom. he's glad to hear that I'm no longer whining about <laughs> Autopilot 2.5. And I say to you, sir... I have not yet received my car. <laughs> I will be complaining about it. Although I did not get autopilot. I yeah. got enhanced driving. You know, that's something we really should talk about, Tom. Let's not talk about it now. Really? Okay, let's talk about it Because now. people are receiving their configure emails. Uh-huh. This is my concern. What's your concern, and, Robert? Um, I heard others talking about this as well, like Caleb was talking about this. Mm-hmm. And I've given this much more thought. Oh, good. You get the opportunity yeah. to put the current enhanced driver functions in your car, yeah. which is traffic aware, cruise control, lean, keep. But you also get the opportunity to spend three grand for the future fully autonomous autopilot, I which get the opportunity. You, you chose not to click. That's correct. Right. So you save $3,000. Well, when they turn it on, I'll buy it. And then you'll spend $4,000. That's correct. Correct. Okay, so let's think of this scenario. I'm thinking it'll be like a Christmas gift from you next year, though. Not. <laughs> let's, think of, let's think about this scenario. You chose and Mel chose not to put that feature on their car. This car. Right. And you're going to get a Model 3 that's mm-hmm. got a beautiful autopilot computer already built in. And you're expecting that Tesla will just... Flip the switch when you give them four grand and you will have a completely autonomous car you can send to pick up blind grandma. But uh-huh. what? what if between now mm-hmm. and when you had the choice to put on a complete autopilot yeah. and the time Tesla says we're going to make it so everybody's car can drive fully autonomous, uh-huh. Tesla discovers that the computer in their car is not the computer that they need uh-huh. and they're starting to develop their own chip, right? That was news that was, I think, in Ars Technica or Wired. Mm -hmm. And it's a big story I didn't do because it took too long. Mm -hmm. But they're going to do their own chip. They're going to update, and they're going to probably have Mm -hmm. a brand new computer. And that is the computer that's going to be required for complete autopilot. Mm -hmm. You did not choose complete autopilot. Mm -mm. So Tesla has no obligation to provide you with the equipment for complete autopilot because you didn't buy it. Now, nine months from now, Tesla says, oh, my God, we've realized that we were a little over ambitious in our ideas that we were going to be able to give everybody full autopilot. The truth is you need our new chip 
with our new computer mm-hmm. in your car. Mm-hmm. And if you want it, now you buy your Model 3. Let's say it's in October of 2018. Mm-hmm. Now, full autopilot is going to cost $5,000 mm-hmm. because of this whole increased package we have to put in the car. Mm-hmm. But for you, Mr. Tom, mm-hmm. you have to pay even more because yeah. you didn't buy it at 3000 you have to take we have to take out that computer mm-hmm. that's going to cost you $1000 yeah. then we have to put in this new computer which is going to be $5000 uh-huh. you might have to pay significantly more i might not but they don't have an obligation to you they don't so i bought are you my, sure they don't i bought my car mm-hmm. and i paid for full autonomous driving sorry tesla is obligated to me and if they have to pull my car apart and put stuff in my car to make it fully autonomous uh-huh. then i expect they will do that but if you would watch my configuration video robert uh-huh i did and you can see that there's a button that says can be turned on after for four thousand dollars but that can change it can but it's but that was part of the condition it felt like yeah, obviously it's not probably not in the contract, but it, it felt like that Tesla said to me, "You're buying this car now. If you choose to not turn on full autopilot, when full auto when you do choose to buy full autopilot, it will be four thousand dollars. It will not be six thousand dollars or sixty five hundred or any of these other things. I will personally try to hold them to that. I will pitch a fit." Good luck. Oh, well, we'll see. Because they've changed the supercharger no, program. Yeah. They just changed it last week. Yeah. They said that if you are a taxi company, if you are a uh, like a rideshare company, Test like Loop. Test Loop, if you're a chauffeur company uh-huh. and you buy a Tesla after I forgot which day it was last week, uh-huh. you can no longer use the supercharger. Okay. That's a huge change. Big deal. Yeah, because it's costing them... Most people are estimating it's costing Tesla about seven or about one dollar per kilowatt hour of fill. So if you're putting fifty kilowatt hours in your car every day and driving it around as a limo driver or test loop, I'm assuming are putting two or three hundred kilowatt hours in every day, that is a considerable amount of money. Tesla's probably losing money on that car right. over the long run. So of course they had to put a stop to what we have long referred to as shenanigans. But what do you think that does to test loop? That's going to massively impact their... We should uh, reach out to them. They cannot expand. Yeah, they They're stuck expand. with uh, seven or eight cars they have. Can we go on? <sighs> Let's go home. What's the next letter? Well, we have Brian Jenkins. Hi, Brian. He built a home urban charger. <laughs> urban cabinet. supercharger is what he called it. Right. So it's the urban style supercharger, the yeah. smaller, more boxy version. Mm-hmm. He has built a pseudo home urban supercharger yeah. cabinet and he's hidden his wall connector uh, behind it. Yeah. So now it's in cool. his garage, which is pretty cool, white painted wall, Tesla lettering, yeah. kind of like Eric did with the supercharger. Yeah. He's got this, uh, how would you say, like a monument yeah. to Tesla charging in his home. That'd be cool. I would like to have It'd one It'd be of a them. cool space to have like a party. I want it on the outside of my home though. Then you'll have people driving up, trying to charge, going, what a, the heck's going on? I'm only getting six kilowatts. <laughs> I have a, I'm supposed I have a to gate, get Robert. You can't 72. come. You can't just charge in my driveway. That's ridiculous. Oh, well, I guess you see I've never been to your house to charge. There's a new battery plant in eastern Kentucky. Cool. This I, is from Chris in Lexington. And this company, which I had to find on the internet, is called Enerblue. Okay. E-N-E-R capital B L E. 
U with a couple dots over it. Yeah, there, there's a name for that, but I don't know what it is. And now we're going to get some letters. Enter blue. Mm-hmm. They are a battery manufacturer, lithium ion mm-hmm. from uh, Riverside, California. Okay. That's not too far from here. Mm-hmm. And they're not only moving their manufacturing uh, business to eastern Kentucky, they're moving their headquarters there. Is it Eastern or Western? It says Western. You said Eastern. I'm confused. I want to make sure that we oh. know where Lexington, Kentucky is. That's true. Uh, my bad. Uh, it's in Kentucky. I can say that much. Somewhere in Kentucky. Whether it's Eastern or Western, we don't know. Yeah. And so that's kind of cool. Yeah. I think they're taking advantage of mm-hmm. uh, people who are out of work. Not, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say taking advantage of. They're taking advantage of the fact there are people who are out of work, who are looking for jobs. So they've got a good job. Uh, they've got good prospects of filling employment ranks. Mm-hmm. And they're getting tax breaks, et cetera. Yeah. And, uh, and this, this looks like a cool deal. That's cool. The next letter comes from Steve Ramsden, who's wanting to know where we will be meeting up at Vandenberg, which we've already discussed, I believe, three times but we will again. He's driving from Arizona to Washington. Yeah, and he's going to come and join us. We have a couple more letters. Nice. We'll mention folks, but yeah. we don't have to spend too much time on it because we know you're. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time you is short. Get to work. Time is short. Stephen Peters wanted some correction about the referral program, which you said might end early December 31st, but actually ends January 31st. The current referral program, which means if you you have enough time right now... Robert 3177. No, 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 no. That's ridiculous, Robert. You, of course, want to use Laney 9300, and here's why. I am at four referrals. The next referral means me and you, because Mel's out of the picture, let's be honest. The next referral means me and you get to go to the next uh, reveal event uh, for Tesla. So uh, one more, Laney 9300. Here's my, here's my advice to Talking Tesla Nation. Okay. Send us your name uh-huh. and send us your info, mm-hmm. what you're planning to buy. Send it to info at talkingtesla.net uh-huh. because there may be four or six or eight of you out there. Mm-hmm. And since we're all friends, we all listen to the same podcast. Yeah. Well, Tom... I don't think you actually listen to the podcast. I listen to the podcast. You do? Okay. So we are all friends. We all listen to the same podcast. Uh And then we can ensure that one goes to you. Mm -hmm. And if a few more come to me, we can maximize. We can. And and the other thing I will say is- we can stay in touch as to what you bought. If you're on the fence about it and you're not sure and you want to just have a little quick back and forth, you can private message us via our Twitter at TalkingTesla or info at TalkingTesla.com. If you have any questions and you want some one-to-one advice about what to do in terms of buying your vehicle, we'll be happy to help you with that as well. Let let me just be clear. Info at TalkingTesla.net. Did I say net? Did I say com? Don't, I don't know what Don't I said. calm the people. <laughs> don't calm the people. Yeah, so okay. this is fun. And I've done that. I've, I've been back and forth with people. Yeah. Oh, what about this? Should I do a, a charger at home? What kind of charger this? Yeah, yeah. How far will I go? Exactly. We're here for you. How about Tim No Last Name? Tim No Last Name. He has no last name. That's So he's kind of like uh, Prince. Oh, this is. Or Madonna. The, this is the message. It was from Tim. About the Model 3. Okay, he has a Model 3 reservation, but it looks yes. like it's going to be too much money. He knows Tom bought a used Volt for my family member, and Robert still has a plug-in Prius. Yes. And he can buy either one of those for well under twenty k. Can we talk about cheap and cleaner transport? We did. I'm glad that we actually ran into this message sure. because, for sure, we discussed it. And again, like I said, this has been on my mind a lot lately, and I think for everyone, this is a very easy thing to kind of figure out. If you need a car, mostly for commuting, 
what's your mileage, what's your charging capability of it, and make your decision based on that. But there are options out there beyond Tesla. That's you, all I would say. Are you going to sell your Volt? No. My daughter is driving well, that Volt. Tim, I'll drop you cool. an email because I think my Prius is for sale. Okay. Uh, Jack Brown. Wants to, more information on Vandenberg. We've we've mentioned Look that. So hopefully you, we'll see you up there. Uh, Albert is a new Tesla owner, and he's been waiting since day one for the Model 3. But all of a sudden, a beautiful Model S came to his attention with free supercharging Woo-hoo. and an 85 battery. And it made more sense for him to buy that instead. But he's asking a question about the San Bernardino supercharger. Right. So if you look at the Tesla website map of superchargers, they have like the sort of coming soon. Uh, what are they? What do you call those little bubbles? Or I forgot what those the term for those things on Google Maps. Pins. Pins. Okay. There's a pin uh-huh. in San Bernardino. Mm-hmm. Ow. San Bernardino pin, though, wow. as well as all the other uh-huh. generic pins are just dropped in the center of the region that is San Bernardino. I don't know why. Maybe that's just how the supercharger team rolls. They just put uh, a pin in the region and they'll later uh, reveal where the actual supercharger will be. Mm-hmm. But to this date on supercharge.info, mm-hmm. that's a website. No. Yeah, that's the one we use. That's the dot part of the that lets you know it's a website robert ah dot info uh-huh. gotcha yeah. and it is an information because we don't normally website. talk in terms like it's not time dot magazine although there is a time dot com albert <laughs> just watch on supercharged dot info for any details uh-huh. about san bernardino i of course yeah. will report on it and you can also go to the tesla motors club forum Mm -hmm. and start a page for the san bernardino supercharger and see if anyone else in san bernardino uh, area who passed through there have any sort of word on the street about it exciting would be a good place for a supercharger yeah and hope hope it's near somebody someplace with a nice clean facility and some good food like the mad greek yeah something something delicious the next letter comes from don Miller via a Patreon post, and he wants to know from Mel, hey, Mel, why do you think 600 miles of charge range is needed? If he had 600 miles, he'd still want to charge at home, which I don't think Mel would be against, or go somewhere to charge once or twice a week. With a 600-mile range, he'd still plug in every day so that if he needed to take a trip, his car would be ready to go versus stopping at supercharging before I leave because I've not yet charged. That's a good point. Maybe if superchargers were few and far between, 600 miles would be great. But now there's a supercharger in every direction. Now, if he had a 6,000-mile EV, he'd only charge once or twice a year. But at the end of the day, he'd rather have a $42,000, 310-mile range car than a $52,000, 600-mile range Can car. I answer from L? Yeah. It all has to do with the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> it just has to do with his sort of non – his thought process about – Range and he wants it to be more than his ice car by an order, by double, for whatever reason. But what I will say is there are a lot of good points in his uh, letter, in Don's letter, because it's true. Do you really need a car with 600-mile range? Need and want are very different things. We talked about that. No one needs a Tesla Model 3 to drive an EV, but a lot of people want that style, that type of car. They uh, they covet it. Uh, but I will say, 
and you can probably speak to this, keeping your car charged in regardless of the amount of range is a good thing for battery conditioning to make sure that your car is always at tip-top. Tesla recommends that to keep the battery cool and or warm without affecting your uh, range amount as you drive away. Right. And and to not let your battery drain all the way down below zero so that it uh, potentially doesn't have the energy to maintain its temperature and its health. And the next letter comes from the Hobot. The Hobot. Hobot. And he also wants to know where the secret launch party is. It's Chad. Chad's going to join us at the launch. All right. It's Chad. It says Hobot. That's true. Maybe that's his last name. I don't know. Jesse Follin writes, longtime listener, first time contributor, loves the show, and he wanted to share his experience with their power wall. They live in Melbourne, Australia, mate. mate. And they had a five kilowatt solar array installed in July, put down a deposit on a power wall, and finally in August had it installed. It's only been a few months, but we're very happy they decided to go down that path and they attached a screenshot of their power consumption and the figures to go along with it. They have used 248 kilowatt hours. They have produced 653 kilowatt hours it via is, it is solar. summertime in yeah. Australia right now. They've taken 8.9 kilowatt hours of energy from the grid. But they've given 382 kilowatt hours to the grid. So they've provided energy for at least their next door neighbor. If their next door neighbor has the same energy uses as them. Right. That's pretty sweet. Pretty cool. And they're using it to to charge up their 75D. Right. But they say that's not included is the energy used to charge their Model X. I don't understand exactly what that means. Maybe it's not tied to their solar, but. Maybe they're just supercharging it all the time. Maybe. maybe. I say they're living the dream. They are living the dream, plus they're in Melbourne, so pretty dreamy. The next one comes from Graham Green and wants to know, where's the Falcon 9 posse? Details, please. Graham, I'm putting you on my list. Yeah, Graham, everybody's getting an email. Robert is going to be very, very busy. Adam Soloway also calls and writes a letter about the Tesla launch, and he said he said hi to you as you were entering this Tesla semi-reveal. So that's pretty uh, sweet. Hi, Adam. See you at the launch. Yeah. So we're going to have a whole bunch of folks up there. Uh, The next letter comes from David David Sislowski, and he says the boring tunnel concept is great. But he wants to know if you could take that same technology and put it outside of a tunnel, like just putting the sleds on a freeway lane. I wonder. I think people who are worried about birds getting injured might not like that because these sleds zipping at 125 miles an hour might be dangerous for birds. Or people who, you know, don't play nice and they drop off of the overpass (laughs) in the freeway into traffic, that you'd have to have that Tesla bulletproof front glass. Yeah. They have it. They have it for the semi. What what is it? Nuclear proof? I forgot what it was called. That's not a thing. Thermonuclear blast glass. Yeah. Well, they showed it. So when, okay. They did, (laughs) they did that. Okay. First off, they showed a piece of metal hitting the glass, Robert. That is not the equivalent of a thermonuclear blast, just for the record. So in Elon's world, 
Yes. You're driving a semi down the street at the start of a nuclear uh, Armageddon. And the windshield survives. Right. And there's like a a massive (laughs) blast and everything melts. And the only thing left on all the highways in the United States of America are semi windshields. From Teslas. 400 Tesla semi windshields just scattered about. Oh. Well, you know, they might be new breeding ground for some, you know. Stop. Vertebrate. No. Invertebrate. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and the last letter comes from Cameron, who will also hopefully be joining us at Vandenberg. I think there's going to be seven or 800 folks up in Vandenberg. And we did have some people via the Twitter uh, over the week. Joel Sapp, the uh, president of the Talking Tesla Black Caucus, mentioning that we should do sort of an online holiday meetup thing. Let's do it in Vandenberg. Let's call it done. That's the holiday party for Talking Tesla. All right. Well, so we'll see you in in Lompoc. On Friday. At, get this. Yeah. 34.6663959. And negative 120.4600735. How's that for a cryptic meet us here? Those are GPS coordinates. Yeah, just drop those into your Google Maps and you'll see that spot that I was talking about. All righty. We'll see you there. Thank you very much, Robert. It's been a great week. Melvis, thanks for the continued work on the Patreons. Yeah. Cece uh, is in New Zealand. EJ is in Dublin. This show is over and out. We'll see you next week. Ciao. Talking Tesla is a production of Fully Boo Incorporated. Hosted by Mel Herbert, Tom Wolfson, and Robert Rosenberg. Edited by Eliza Jane Barnes. And produced by Cece Herbert and Mel Herbert. To support Talking Tesla, go to patreon.com forward slash talking Tesla. To find our referral codes, go to talkingtesla.net forward slash about. And finally, if you love the show, go write us a review on iTunes.